BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. A Dear Media original podcast. What's up, you guys? We're back. That we are. Back to the Beach with Kristen and Steven is back for season two. And honestly, guys, I think we got something even more unpredictable than season one. We've got the new cast members. We've got the old cast members. And we've got some opportunists. Oh, God. But don't worry, you guys. We're going to break it all down, and we're going to do it with some major guests this season. Yeah, so tune in every Tuesday for season two of Back to the Beach. A Dear Media original. Hey, guys. This is Note to Self, and I'm your host, Peyton Sarton. From Q&As and breakup tips to simply navigating every stage of life, Note to Self is a space to get messy, explore new perspectives, and ultimately empower yourself and others. Grab some wine or a mocktail, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Okay, so I'm sitting here with Kit. How are Hello, you? I'm, I'm in New so York City. I'm, I'm so freaking excited to be in New York. This is my favorite city in the entire world. It's, Did you know that? I know. Welcome to New York. It's been like freezing. But it's been freezing. It's I've always, been. I've been seeing so many TikToks recently that are like, Paris is always a good idea. Mm-hmm. And that's how I feel like New York is About New York. the same thing. Well, you are like from, from New York. Yes. West like, Village, born and raised. Born and raised. That is <laughs> yeah. so rare. Yeah. Like so rare. Yeah. I mean, I like... I didn't know anything else. Obviously, yeah. everyone I grew up with had that same experience. But I split my time between my dad's house in Sunset Park in Brooklyn mm-hmm. and my mom's in the West Village. And then once I got older, I like pretty much moved to my mom's and lived with my mom full time. But I feel like I had like a good balance of what it means to grow up in New York Mm -hmm. because of like how my dad raised me and Mm -hmm. where he lives and then also like my mom's side which is more glamorous and like fashion and downtown Manhattan Mm -hmm. but I think it was like a good balance Balance. yeah and when people bring up the gossip girl thing I feel like that's more my mom's yeah like the way my mom raised me and then the way my dad Raise Me is like a different sort of New York. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, Kit's mom is Cynthia Rowley, designer. Yes. She was the first designer to ever like give me a dress or like allow me to like wear a sample so- for New York Fashion Week because I was working with Redken behind the scenes and I like they just I picked out a dress and it was literally the most perfect dress I've ever put on my entire body. Like Stop. it was the greatest first fashion week experience ever simply because of Cynthia Rowley. So that was like kind of like close, near and dear to my heart. You She's know? gonna be so happy when she hears I, that. I love her so much. I've talked to you about this before and I've heard people say about it on like TikTok or Instagram, like your Blair Waldorf side, like you're saying, yeah. is with your mom. So what is what do you think is the difference between like the Blair Waldorf gossip girl side of you versus like growing up in Brooklyn? Like what are the key differences that you feel like you saw? I mean, the Blair comparison that I get which I think is a huge compliment is because my mom is a fashion designer so like I Mm -hmm. grew up in the fashion industry and her mom in the show is a fashion designer and I think there was like I started going out very early in New York I got my first fake ID when I was like 14 and I started clubbing every weekend 14 and it was just like because I went to private school Mm -hmm. for high school it was like kids had money and like boys in my grade like in freshman year of high school were buying tables at clubs for like thousands and thousands of dollars every weekend and so I just started like 
partying very young. Mm -hmm. And I definitely think like later in life that affected me because like by the time I got to college, I was like, I'm done partying. Now I'm kind of like getting back into it, honestly. (laughs) I feel like in the past few years, I've been like, oh my gosh, I'm in my early 20s. I need to like Mm -hmm. have some fun. But I definitely think like in college, I slowed down a lot because of the fact that I like started going out in New York so early. So that's where that comparison comes from. Like the Gossip Girl comparison is like the fashion designer mom going out young. Like, I cannot believe you had a fake ID at 14 years old. It was so crazy, too, because I like looked like an 11 year old boy. Like (laughs) I was so flat chested, (laughs) like huge nose. My nose like didn't grow. My (laughs) face didn't grow into my nose until like way later. I just like looked so, so young. Like my mom literally would not let me walk home alone until I was a freshman in high school. So like Mm -hmm. I went from eighth grade, literally having to be picked up from school because she was like, I don't want you walking home alone. You look too young. Mm -hmm. To then like freshman year of high school, like going out to the club. Oh my God. So it was like, I remember I was talking to my sister about this recently because she's 18 Mm -hmm. and she was talking about going out with her friends and whatever. And I was like, I remember the outfits that I was wearing, like the Victoria's Secret bombshell red lace push-up bra with like, just a mesh tank top or like a mesh little shirt over or something like Mm -hmm. that was the style skinny jeans like leathery pleathery skinny jeans and like the biggest platforms I could find in the world and you're 14 yeah and you're at like Tao yeah no literally (laughs) exactly literally exactly all those like I forget even what some of them were called up and down was definitely mm-hmm. one catch we used to go to literally every weekend. Wow. Oh, like, my God. It was so fun. I like it so, was very fun at the time. Like I thought I was the coolest person in the world. Like I started drinking on a ranch, like my grandparents ranch. I would go because I'm from Texas. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, you probably know. It's such a different speed. Like I was like 16. We go out to the ranch. We'd like go, quote, camping. And like we'd like literally set up a tent to camp in, or- in order to like drink Keystone and like oh be God. drunk in the woods. Cute. Completely different scenario. So how do you think like you're saying it affected you mentally growing up when you got tired? Mm-hmm. Because by college, you're like, I've been partying for six years. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Just, yeah, yeah. And like actually club partying. Not you're not in a tent in the woods drinking Keystone. You're like really going for it at 14. Well, one, I want to back up. What do your parents think when you're leaving the house like this? Or did you have to like hide it? I guess like I don't really ever remember getting in trouble for it. Yeah. My mom's going to kill me for <laughs> saying that because she's going to be like, that makes me sound so bad. But like, I don't remember really getting in trouble. Mm-hmm. I think like, first off, I was such a like kiss ass kind of like mm-hmm. I was just like, straight A's in school, like really committed to my studies, like super organized. I never like had a fighting phase with my mom. Like I never really, I'm very conflict avoidant. Mm -hmm. And so I think like when I started going out, they were kind of just like put a blind eye to it. And they, it's not that I was like asking and like, or just getting caught. It was kind of just like I was quietly leaving the house. Yeah. And like maybe they knew, maybe they didn't. I feel you. Are you yeah. you're the oldest, right? Yeah. Okay. That kind of makes sense. I only have a little sister who's 18 now. Yeah. I mean, also growing up, I was very type A. Yeah. I didn't kiss a boy till I was like almost 18 years old. And I was like, I was very... like forced by my friends. <laughs> like I was young, but I was like, I remember sophomore year of high school, I was like, they were like, Kit, you need to like make out with a boy. And yeah. I was like, okay, fine. Fine, I'll do it. That's like, that's literally how it happened for me yeah. too. I was just so like, once you get older and older and older, you get more like nervous about it and it becomes like more of a thing. Yeah. But for me, I was so like on top of my shit basically that my parents, like my bedroom, there was no alarm. I had a balcony that had spiral staircase down. Like if I wanted to leave the house, I could. My parents were just like, I mean, we're probably not going to, but if you do like thank God, like go be a normal teenager for five seconds. But like that might be like an oldest child thing. Yeah. Also, I feel like the culture here is different. Like your parents were just like her friends are doing it. Like everyone like just it's not like your parents are necessarily quote like you're saying like they're gonna be annoyed or mad that you like were like they were turning a blind eye to my partying at 14. But I feel like that's kind of like a New York thing that you and all your friends were doing. I think that's part of it. I think like number one 
it was kind of like everyone was doing it. It mm-hmm. started off with like, oh, I'm going to sleep over at blah, blah, blah's house. Yeah. And then like Standard. that sort of thing. <laughs> And then it just became like me just quietly leaving and quietly coming home. Mm-hmm. Also, like my parents are very social people and like they're out at events all the time yeah. and stuff like that. So then for that, it was kind of just like, well, they'll probably be out too, like yeah, to a yeah. certain, like probably to a similar time. Mm-hmm. Like my pa- I have cool, I have a cool mom, basically. Yeah. Your mom is the freaking coolest. Yeah. So I met Kit in Miami during Miami Swim Week. And we did a dinner with Cynthia Rowley. So fun. And one thing I will say about you that I noticed, even like, so after Miami, I did Fashion Week and I I went to that, I think it was after, I went to that show your mom did where all the people jumped in the pool, all the models oh, jumped yeah. in the pool. Yeah. You were in that show, right? Oh my gosh. Yeah, I, I was. I walked and I was shaking in my boots. Like, you don't <laughs> understand. Like, before I walked, I just like had to do it once because I was yeah. just like, why not? And I had... I'm 5'4". I had like the biggest platforms on ever because like I didn't want to look so short on the runway. And I remember like getting up to the front and my knees were weak. Like I was shaking. (laughs) Well, also it was around like a pool. So it's like wet around the whole thing. That is terrifying. This episode is sponsored by ZocDoc. Picture this. All right. You're trying to find a cause for your most recent symptoms, your reoccurring headaches, brain fog, lethargy, maybe, and you stumble down a TikTok rabbit hole full of questionable advice from so-called experts. Standard practice for me every evening. (laughs) There are better ways to get the answers you want and the care you deserve from trusted professionals and not random people on the internet. There are so many TikTok gurus nowadays. ZocDoc helps you find the expert doctors and medical professionals that specialize in the care you need and deliver the kind of experience you want. ZocDoc is the only free, okay, absolutely free app that lets you find and book doctors who are patient reviewed, take your insurance, are available when you need them and treat almost every condition under the sun. When you're not feeling your best and just trying to hold it all together, finding great care shouldn't take up all of your energy. Because I've been all over the place in the last year or so, I've found it challenging to find the various doctors I need all over again with every move. But this is where ZocDoc comes in. Using their free app that millions of users rely on, I can find the right doctor that meets my needs and fits my schedule. This is huge. I found it nearly impossible pre-ZocDoc to find doctors easily that, again, take my insurance fit into my schedule that don't have like a forever wait. It's chef's kiss. I love ZocDoc. Book an appointment with a few taps in their app and start feeling better faster with ZocDoc. Go to ZocDoc.com slash note to self and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's ZocDoc.com slash note to self. ZocDoc.com slash note to self. Getting dressed is more than just, what am I going to wear today? It's who am I going to be today? Will I be the main character at the coffee shop, timeless and classic, bold, black tie, best dressed at the office? With Newly, I can be all of that and more. So Newly is the best subscription clothing rental service. For $88 a month, I can choose six styles to rent for whatever I have going on. It gives me access to thousands of styles from more than 300 brands like Free People, Love Shack Fancy, Selkie, Anthropology, and a range of sizes from petite to 5X plus and maternity. It's kind of like having an endless closet that you don't actually have to make physical room for, and I'm obsessed with that. For my trip to New York, I rented some of my favorite A. Goldie jeans I've ever put on my body. And a few coats that I wore throughout the week because I don't have very many like winter coats living in Los Angeles. It came in so handy for my trip to colder temperatures. Newly is flexible. So no late fees or damage fees and the option to pause or cancel any time, which is what I need more of in my life. And it's more sustainable than buying stuff I'll only wear once. And I can try on trends and find new favorite brands before I commit to buying. So if you're like me and you want more style, flexibility, and sustainability in your life, very important, 
You need Newly. Get $20 off your first month when you sign up with the code note to self 20. Just go to N U U L Y.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code note to self 20 at sign up to get $20 off your first month. Newly, more life in your clothes. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. I know that like kind of behind the scenes, you've been a part of your mom's like presentations and stuff before, which I've always thought was really admirable because you were so young at the time, especially when I met you, you're like organizing the dinner and kind of like helping everyone with things. And I'm like, you kind of had your shit together Mm -hmm. so young and we're pushed into this world of like kind of being a professional really, really young. So when I met you in Miami, all I remember from this is we just got drunk with your mom at dinner Mm -hmm. and she like busted out like the Cynthia Rowley rolling papers. And we were all like, wow, (laughs) wow, this is great. And then we all went downstairs to like do the roller rink at the Edition Hotel. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this woman is amazing yeah she must have been the most amazing mother (laughs) yeah she like I feel like by the time I got to be to a point where I was like just doing my own thing Mm -hmm. and going out more and like being more experimental I guess with like partying and that sort of stuff she was very like open to it Mm -hmm. but she was still like like I think she just set like good boundaries for me. And she also knew that because of my personality type, like I wasn't going off the rails because again, like I was such a good kid. Yes. And so she kind of like let me have a little bit more leeway maybe than she would have if I was like not getting good grades or like speaking back to her, getting in fights with her and stuff like that. So So. your Brooklyn life, how did it, how was it different? So my dad is a third generation New Yorker. Okay. And all of his family like grew up in Brooklyn, Sheepshead Bay area. And so I grew up with like half Irish, half like very Brooklyn Italian family on his Mm -hmm. side. And that's classic. Yeah. And they're (laughs) like super fun. And I just like my dad growing up like he didn't really he wasn't dating he was just like very committed to me Mm -hmm. and so I split my time like literally exactly 50 50 so I would do Monday Tuesday at my mom's then Wednesday they would trade off every week Mm -hmm. and then Thursday Friday at my dad's and then the weekends they would switch off again so like I was moving back and forth like so often yeah And I think that's also why I kind of have like the type A personalities because like I really had to be organized. Mm -hmm. I had to think about like, oh my gosh, I can't leave my homework at this house if I need to like turn it in the next day, you know? So I think I like had to be more structured. And I guess just like with, with my dad, it was really like he's such a homebody and like such just like, a sweet man Mm -hmm. that it was just very much like a home life. Okay. Whereas like with my mom, we were always traveling, like always getting to do amazing things, Mm -hmm. but it definitely was not as normal of a lifestyle like growing up because like we were always traveling for her work, always going to events, always meeting Mm -hmm. glamorous, cool people and that sort of thing. And then like my dad is like, cooking dinner for me every night yeah that sort of thing so do you think that growing up here because like where I grew up I moved around a lot when I was younger but we ended up in Fort Worth Texas in like a quiet gated community Mm -hmm. and I found trouble there somehow between like the gates of my gated community to directly across the street to the gate of my private school (laughs) like that's where my life existed and we would just like go be stupid and get drunk on the golf course and get chased by like the security from the neighborhood and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But like it was still wholesome. Like you you can find trouble, but like not that much. But I feel like I watched this Julia Fox interview and like she talks about growing up in New York all the time. Mm-hmm. And she talks about like the grit that it gives you and like the independence that it gives you. And sometimes, you know, things can go awry and it can like kind of eat people alive. When you are around other people who are not from New York, do you think 
like let's say friends or people you know pretty well do you think that maybe in comparison to them that you growing up in new york literally like on the streets of new york like walking around every day gave you like a certain level of like grit and independence the trust in people Mm -hmm. for new yorkers like is literally non-existent like i'm actually like always on edge Mm -hmm. and that's just because like i know things can happen yeah like even i was like seeing this guy who's not from the u.s and we went into a bank after hours so that he could like deposit a check first off i would never go into a bank after hours Mm -hmm. by myself ever Mm -hmm. i didn't know that was was like he was like going to the atm (laughs) okay and i would never do that because there's no tellers or like any security. Okay. But I was with him. So I was like, okay, I'll go in with him. And normally in New York, there's like, you have to swipe your card to then get into the bank if it's after hours. Okay. So we go in, he goes to the ATM and I'm like waiting by the door and another man swipes his card and walks in. But before the door can close, like this other man walks in right behind him mm-hmm. and he goes up to this guy at the ATM and he's like, I need to deposit a check. Like, let me deposit a check really quickly. And so he kind of is just like shocked. And I was like texting him on my phone. Like, we got to go. We got to go now. Like cancel whatever's happening next minute. But he's like trying to communicate with the guy and stuff like that, which Mm -hmm. is like probably if you're from somewhere else, you would be like, trying to communicate or just trying to be like, oh, do you need help? Do you need something? Whatever. Mm -hmm. And I was like, we got to get out right now. The guy ended up like depositing the check and it was like a whole thing. And then he was like asking for money. It was like this whole scam. Mm -hmm. But I just remember I was like, if like it were up to me, I would never put myself in that situation. Yes, because you know. Because I have no trust. Yeah, because you've seen things here. Because, like, again, I I mean, I personally don't have any trust because I just, like, watch too much, too many crime shows. And, yeah. Like, just, like, I know too much. But where I'm from, people are very, very, very trusting of people. Mm-hmm. I noticed that in L.A. for, like, I have friends that moved to L.A. from Texas. Mm-hmm. And even there, like, people are, they are very trusting. And I personally am not. And I feel like that's why a lot of weird stuff hasn't happened to me in L.A. Because I have some friends that, like, weird shit has happened to them. Mm-hmm. I also will say like it's a lot easier I feel like to get into those sorts of situations in New York because you're just like walking everywhere and constantly around people. Mm-hmm. There's whereas, more chances. Like, yeah, yeah. Whereas in like LA or somewhere else that's a driving city you kind of can just like mm-hmm. drive from your home to, get out. to your destination. Get out. This segment is sponsored by Curology. Curology is a made-for-you skincare brand that pairs you with a licensed dermatology provider who analyzes your skin and prescribes custom treatments in the most personal way possible. Taking care of your skin can be pretty overwhelming with all the information, the hauls, the tips and tricks provided to us through social media daily. It can be difficult to figure out what works best for each of us on a personal level. The truth is most of us really care about our skin and we just don't really know where to start. If you're looking for something simple that works without being overly complicated, you have to try Curology. Curology makes skincare effortless. They create a custom skincare formula for your skin goals. Plus, they've got a cleanser and moisturizer that are easy on your skin and super easy to use. Everything ships right to your door, ready for you to try. Sign up for Curology in minutes by sharing your skin type and goals, and a licensed provider can create a custom formula made just for you. Like one personalized formula that's all you, whether you're struggling with acne, dark spots, or just want something simple and straightforward. They've also got some other amazing products you can add to your subscription, an acne body wash, emergency spot patches, so you can do it all up or you can just keep it simple. Signing up for Curology seriously took just a few minutes and shipping was quick and painless. Curology makes things easy, convenient, and straightforward. My skincare is super simple. I just cleanse, apply my formula at night, and it works while I sleep and then moisturize. My skin is looking smooth, plump, and glowing just a bit more. Start your Curology journey today at curology.com slash note to self. That's C-U-R-O-L-O-G-Y dot com slash lowercase N-O-T-E-T-O-S-E-L-F. Subscription required, subject to consultation. So now's the time of year when we start 
initially slacking on our New Year's resolutions. January has passed. It's now February. We're a little bit, you know, it's not top of mind anymore. But Way is making my resolution of having healthy, beautiful hair super easy to keep. So when it comes to my hair, I'm focusing on growth and hydration because I want long, luscious, blonde locks. The dry Southern California weather can make my hair extra brittle. So that hydration piece is absolutely key. I have used Way for years. My most used product is probably their Wave Spray, which is such a classic. Not only does their product look good on my sink and in my shower, which we love, but it's an essential in my healthy hair routine. My current favorite Way product is their Detox Shampoo. It should be obvious, though I didn't put two and two together at first myself, that healthy hair begins at the scalp, which is why I love the Detox Shampoo so much. It's a concentrated shampoo that cleanses away product buildup, hard water deposits, dirt, oil, and much more. It's perfect for oiliness, unwanted shine, and a flaky or dry scalp. And I do love that it's concentrated because a little really goes a long way. So the bottle lasts like a long time. I also love their scalp serum, which balances and hydrates the scalp, and it can be used day or night on wet or dry hair. Basically, it soothes irritation and keeps your hair stronger and fuller through a healthy, hydrated, and balanced scalp. And I've noticed that really helps promote hair growth. The way to healthy hair starts here. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and use code note to self for 15% off your entire purchase. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, code note to self. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. I've noticed the the scamming that goes on in Los Angeles that mm-hmm. I have seen personally. Mm-hmm. That I'm like, how has this person gotten themselves into this, this situation? Yeah. For example, I had a friend who, when I first moved out to L.A., I was 21 and I was interning at For Love and Lemons. Okay. Cute. And I was like, in my own apartment, my grandparents were nice enough to help me with that. And just like living a life, I sh- like it was way too nice for what I should have been doing. So mm-hmm. I was taken care of, but I've also like, I'm not naive. And I feel like, again, even then I was like very, just like aware of my surroundings. But I had a friend who was from Virginia and she was older than me, but like so incredibly trusting of people and like mm-hmm. took things at face value super positive, like literally like a shining light. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. it's always those people. You know what I mean? (laughs) So she got in a situation where she was hired by, hired, quote unquote, by this guy who said he was a billionaire of all places from Fort Worth, Texas, when we met him. I'm from Fort Worth. And I was like, I don't think he's a billionaire from Fort Worth to my friends. I was like, this is, I went to a small private school. There's a couple different ones in Fort Worth. And you're kind of aware if you live there, it's a smaller community. Like, you know who who the billionaires are and who who they aren't. You yeah. know what I mean? I'm like, I've never heard of this guy before. And again, like, what are the odds he would have said Fort Worth, Texas? Like, we met him at a random, like, bar in yeah. Venice. So she's like, no, he is. This is, you know, this is my dream job. She was kind of looking for a really good job like this. It was, like, mm-hmm. too good to be true. He was going to pay her too much money. They're, like, going around to, like, car dealerships. He's like, I'm going to get you this car. And he, like, puts down an IOU at the dealership and is like, I'm going to come back for this for her as paying her an IOUs. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't have an office yet. He's like in the middle of office space. So she spends a lot of her time in L.A. working for this guy. And I'm like, first of all, red flag number one was the second I met him. And he said this thing about Fort Worth, Texas, which mm-hmm. I was like, it's just so random that I would know that. Two, he's paying you an IOUs. You've never seen him purchase anything. And this went on for months and months. And she was running out of money and like working at a restaurant and stuff like that and living with me. And I was like. The whole time I'm like, dude, this isn't a real situation. Like, this is so obvious from the outside. But she's like, no, he's like a really good person. Like, I talked to his assistant before. Like, this is like a full scam artist. Mm-hmm. 
And I think he was kind of like a crazy person. Like he wanted to live this life and it was like kind of faking it till he made it. Yeah. But I've met people, multiple people in Los Angeles that are like this, that would go through a process like this, work for someone forever. And there's all these red flags and they are like, their trust and faith in people is insane to me. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how I had this innate sense of like, I just feel like I can see people's through people's bullshit, which which is why I like New York so much because I feel like I'm very at home here. Yeah. But I've had so many friends in LA that have gotten in similar situations. Like that was a really bad one. And I'm leaving out a lot of details, but I've had so many friends that have gotten in situations like that because they wanted things to be true. And it was like they were a little bit naive and they were definitely taken advantage of. Mm -hmm. And I feel like living in a city like this, like you said, it it really shows you who people are because you are around so many people. You've seen so much shit. But L.A. is similar, but different because you don't see as much. But like the scams are way deeper in L.A. So she ended up having to leave because she had no she had no more money left. And I'm like, you could have been working for the last six months, dude. Like that's bad. 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 Yeah. But I don't know what makes people. A healthy amount of fear is like good. Mm -hmm. And then. But then I also think like it's so beautiful to be just a trusting person Mm -hmm. and like. Like, even in that situation, after that happened to him, like, I feel like normally I would be like, oh, my God, that's so, like, naive of you. Yeah, yeah. But I was just like, that's so cute. Like, Mm -hmm. you really wanted to help and, like. It's endearing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I think, like, like, it's okay to be trusting as long as, like, you're not really, like, going too far with it. Yeah. That's definitely the city versus, like, the country route. Like, for example, my grandparents are always, like, if they saw like a person on the street in the middle of like a small town mm-hmm. living on the street, like the, that just doesn't happen because mm-hmm. like small town people are trusting and they would take someone in and like bring them to the church and like take care of them. Mm-hmm. Whereas here, there's so many people living on the street and you don't know if you can ever trust anyone or you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's a the small town versus big city, like harshness kind of where yeah. you're like, I have seen some crazy things. In LA, I saw someone get stabbed. <laughs> Sheesh. On the, I on will the say, like, living in downtown LA when I was going to USC was the most insane stuff I've ever seen. Insane. After living in New York my entire life and then moving <laughs> to downtown LA, I was like, whoa, that's it's a different level of so Google. different. I mean, the first week I was there, I have you been on TK's podcast, by the way? Do you know? Taylor no, okay. but love her. I love her. Yeah. So we were it was our she wasn't living with me yet. I was like, I got there early. And I was still on oh a mattress God, on the ground. I remember your guys' iconic apartment with the iconic. couch and so the TK sunsets. still she has it, and she like it took over the second bedroom now, and has like her offices in my bedroom. Oh, amazing! It's gorgeous. So I'm sitting in that bedroom. I'm kind of overlooking like a parking lot, and we were like really high up, basically. So I'm removed from everything, but I can like see everything that's mm-hmm. happening. So this huge parking lot and this other big like high rise building is next to me. And I'm still on a mattress on the ground because I just moved in. It's the first freaking week. And I've heard at this point I was in L.A. for about four or five years. So I like I've heard about downtown L.A. I've been around like the fashion district and stuff. But Mm -hmm. where we lived was like nice. Mm -hmm. But it was like nice for like a couple blocks. Like you didn't leave that part, you know. So I'm sitting there and it's like 1 a.m. And I start hearing gunshots going off downstairs, like rounds and rounds, like for a while. And I look down And people are in front of this really nice apartment complex and the whole entire front of it has been shot out like a juice place, the coffee shop and people are running like running across the street like and I'm like freaking out because I'm like I've I've never heard like automatic (laughs) weapons going off in the middle of a city before. So I'm looking down. I'm like, this is so crazy. Three days later happens again. They shoot up the exact same thing. They were I think it was like a there's a short term rental component to this place this like really nice high-rise building where they put up like new musicians and stuff record labels use it so like if someone's recording with a record label they'll put it like them put them up there for like a month or however Mm. long it takes so whoever was living there at the time was like a target for something but like it happened like the first two weeks or the first week it happened twice and then it didn't happen again until like the second or third month but like a couple times I'd be like on FaceTime with somebody and be like you could hear shots going off and like so on FaceTime, crazy. downtown LA was <laughs> a lot. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot. Yeah, but it was also I will so say fun. though, like in general, I guess like to your point, I haven't heard the Julia Fox interview, but just like I do think it. Growing up in New York, 
can harden you. Mm-hmm. But I also think there's like many different ways to grow up in New York. Like yeah. I saw two of them. And I also then saw, like, personally, I saw two of them. Mm. And then also, like, I just saw so many from, like, going to different schools and, like, meeting people and meeting friends and whatever. Like, I have friends that grew up on the Upper East Side that, like, barely left, like, a few blocks radius. Yeah. Took a Suburban to school every single day. Mm -hmm. Like, had nannies and still get their beds made by like a maid every single day. Yeah. Stuff like that. And like they'll they'll probably never see any they're probably part. not hardened. Yeah. Like they're probably still very trusting. You yeah, know? yeah. Um and then I think there's just many like views of the city. Yeah. I, I would assume it's the same like anywhere, but I just think here like there is there's huge wealth disparity in the yeah, city absolutely. and there's so many different ways to grow up so I think you can be hardened but it like depends yeah so what about let's move on to like dating in New York yeah because uh, I feel like you date often yeah. right yeah like, I feel like whenever I see you on TikTok you are talking about it yeah so one are you on like how are you meeting guys are we on apps is it in the wild through friends yeah so i've literally been on one dating app in like my entire life okay and i ended up like going on a few dates with that guy but then like nothing ever really happened mm-hmm. and so i just like meet people in the wild really i think it's i was speaking to one of my friends who's from new york who just moved to la and she was like i'm having such a hard time meeting people like it's just so hard here. And I was like, yeah. And it, it's because like you're not just around people constantly. Yeah. Like everyone that I've dated in the past year has been somebody that I either met out when I was going out at night or like even at a coffee shop or running or like walking mm-hmm. down the street or whatever. Or sometimes I'll just ask friends and be like, oh, do you have anyone you want to set me up with? Mm-hmm. Which I think is really important anywhere you live. But I think it's really about like, putting yourself out there, expanding your network of friends Mm -hmm. because like I dated someone at the beginning of the year that was just like one of my friends was just like, oh, I think you guys would get along. Like you should go out on a date with him. So So are we dating for fun or what do you think? Just trying to like sample, get out there. I guess like, well, in the middle of this year, like springtime, I this past year, I was like, I really want a boyfriend. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of just like projected all that desire onto somebody who was like in front of me and like I was attracted to. Yes. And it dragged out for like a really long time. I was just thinking about this, by the way, because I was like, when I think about like, I don't know, dating, it's important to know what you want and like the things that you want in a partner. And if it's important to know if you're like ready and if you want a partner, Mm -hmm. but it's really difficult to balance that with seeing the person in front of you objectively rather than trying to like interview them and slot them into a role Mm -hmm. because then I feel like you overlook red flags you don't let things kind of go naturally because you're trying to be like hey I want a boyfriend and this guy looks good for the job so like let's just make him my boyfriend now like what my ultimate goal is to do this and you don't really like look at the nuance of the situation so to me I'm always a person that's like you have to know what you want in order to like get it you Mm -hmm. know it also realistically has to be balanced with like there is something like serendipitous that happens when you meet someone you're actually going to connect with and you can't force that. Yeah. So it's hard to balance those two things when you're dating specifically if you do want to have a relationship because you don't want to waste your time like going out on dates with someone that you're like not interested in because you're dating with a purpose, but you kind of have to do that yeah. in order to like sample things. I guess just because of that situation And I mean, like I told him all of this too. I was like, because we kind of basically what happened is like we met. I projected everything onto him and I like was obsessed with him. Uh And then we kind of like took a break for a while. And then we like retried it again. It still didn't work this time, (laughs) but it's okay. But like the second time around, I remember like speaking to him and I was like, yeah, the first that first time I was like, obsessed with you like I projected everything I wanted Mm -hmm. onto somebody who was like a blank canvas for me because I didn't know him at all and so like I think now that I'm dating again like I need to be really careful about that and also I think like 
something that I struggle with is like, I really like to meet someone and like have this crazy feeling like mm-hmm. the first time I meet them. And I don't really have that feeling with like the best people. Like yeah. that picker for me, mm-hmm. that like lust picker that I have. Yes. Is picks like bad not bad people, just like people that don't necessarily want to be in a relationship yeah. or maybe they're bad for me or maybe mm-hmm. we're not a long-term match or whatever. So like I went on a date the other night and I like was talking to my friend after who's been in a long-term relationship for a while now. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I enjoyed myself on the date, but like I didn't really feel like this crazy spark. Yeah. And she was like, oh, I didn't feel that with my boyfriend. When I, I don't feel sparks him. at all. Okay. So I have had in this my gives past me so much hope. with relationships, I've had like it's been more of a like like the beginning of a relationship. I was interested, but I wasn't ever like obsessed. Mm-hmm. And then I just it has unfolded well. And I like knew that they were good people and stuff like that. And I feel like I've never dated someone who's been an asshole for that reason, because yeah. I've been, always been able to separate sex from like boyfriends. So yeah. like, if I wanted to bang someone like I would. You know what I mean? My thing is like once I find like sexual chemistry with someone, I will just like want them to be my husband. (laughs) Like, you know, like because it's so hard for me to find. I feel like Mm -hmm. once I have that lust connection, I'm like. We need to make this work. Yeah. Yeah. Forever. You're (laughs) my forever person, even if they're just like the worst person ever. Yeah, I feel that. So going into dating now, (laughs) what are you trying to do to combat that? Like, are you going to go on, like, let's say you're going to give a guy, maybe you don't have that initial less spark with, you're going to give him like more dates in order to maybe develop it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. like my goal. And I, I have done that before, but my issue is that like when I've tried to do it before I get mm-hmm. the ick yeah. then because I'm like, oh, like I'm trying to build something. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Something about like me giving someone a chance. Mm-hmm in that way, like, gives me the ick. I yeah, don't know. I feel you. So I'm going to try it again and, like, see if that was just, like, that happened. That has happened to me twice now. The <laughs> ick thing with, you like, can't letting go past it grow. The ick. You can't get past no, the No, I can't. I no. can't. I can't. Me neither. I've broken up. I've had two relationships broken up in the past, like, when I was younger mm-hmm. because I got the ick. And, like, they were really good guys. And I, like, genuinely at some point, like, saw myself dating them. And they did something within the relationship that I was, like, Mm, yeah no, I can't I can't have sex with you ever again basically yeah so it's over <laughs> that I mean I'm gonna try the like giving it a second chance giving yeah. it a few dates and like seeing because you do have to get to know someone I feel like the first date is for me in the past I guess like I've had people who were like nervous <laughs> like yeah. very nervous and they didn't they weren't able to be themselves so like I kind of found it endearing and cute that they were nervous, mm-hmm. you know, and then gave, you know, them a second chance. And it always it usually ends up working out well in that sense. Yeah. But like, I see what you mean. Like if you you feel like if you're doing almost like charity work mm-hmm. <laughs> for someone, it feels like that. That can definitely give you the ick. But like there's a difference between doing charity work and being like, I'm going to give this guy a chance, even though I don't like him. And kind of thinking of it like he's probably really nervous and like he it's a first date like it's hard to come off across or come across as your actual authentic self. I think when you're the guy on a first date, who's like probably pretty nervous. Yeah. I also think I might need to like try a little bit more the like, you know how people always say the man needs to like the woman a lot more for the relationship to work. I feel like for me, like I often try to like go above my league. Like I I don't (laughs) know what that is about me, but like, I feel like growing up, I was always like, I want to be in a power couple. So I always Mm. like shot for like people who were, I mean, I don't think leagues like really exist, but like who were kind of like out of my league. Like they were not as into me probably as I was into them. Okay. And so now like I'm thinking about it and I'm like, well, literally everyone ever who's in a successful relationship has told me like, he should be a little bit more into you. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I haven't really tried that seriously. Yeah. Yet. You haven't let them like lead. But I feel like you're saying like, you get the ick if he's more into you. Yes. yes. That's my problem. Yes. Yeah. There is a healthy balance there because I also get the ick if they're more into me as well. But I guess it just really depends on the person. You yeah. know what I mean? Because 
yeah, that's that's a whole thing. How old are you? I forgot. Twenty three. Okay, so you're learning. You're yeah. like very self aware. Are you in therapy? I, I am, okay. and also I just like again, like I feel like I've had a lot of life experience mm-hmm. in a short amount of time. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah. So, do you go on like I don't know what dating like is like in New York because every time I have come here and been single. I go on more dates here than I was like ever going on in LA. So like mm-hmm. I lived in LA for six years prior to moving Same. away. When I was living in LA. I went on three dates in LA in six two. years. In, I went on two <laughs> dates in two years. Oh my God. And that's like so, and I was in college. Yes. Like I was like, I should have been dating people. Mm-hmm. I guess college, not, I guess not really. Cause I feel yeah. like you're more like. In your own scene. Yeah. But yeah. I, it's so much hard. I don't know what it is there. It's so, so much, much harder. harder. I, I don't know. I feel like. I don't really trust people in LA as much as I trust people here. And mm. it's it's easier to go on dates here. Like yeah. I have friends who have lived here for a long time and they like I'd come visit them. And they'd be like, okay, well, I'm going on a date on, at seven to get a drink and then I'm going to go to one at nine. So I'll be like drunk enough when I come meet you guys mm-hmm. out. I'm like, that's just like the best time ever. You know yeah. what I mean? Whereas LA, I've never done two in one night. That's ballsy. oh my God. Some of my friends are the queens of that because yeah. they're like, I'm just trying to like get a little tipsy. So like, I'll just go meet these two guys. Yeah. But in LA, you <laughs> oh also gosh. like, maybe it's just me. I don't meet people in the wild. And when I do, I'm like, please stop talking to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's different here. But when I would come here, I would just like, I found myself going on dates with guys that I knew I didn't like just to be like, it's fun. Like, it's a fun New York thing to do. Like, we'll just go out and get a drink yeah. and then I'll go hang out with my friends. Like, it's just a different energy, I guess. Yeah. Dating here. I do think it's just like it. it is a lot easier because it's like mm-hmm. everything's kind of walking distance. Like Yeah. And there's are, more people, too. Yeah. There's more people. And it's just very normal to like go for well, one drink. The so. guys are hotter here, too. I hate to say it. The guys are way hotter than LA. LA. Yes. Yeah. Way hotter. I was walking I down the know. street and there was like tall guys around me mm-hmm. like constantly. I'm like, this doesn't exist in Los Angeles. Yeah, you're right. At all. Actually, you're right. I don't even know. There's not even like a question mark about it. No, the guys yeah. here are so much hotter. Also, like, I feel like they have normal jobs, whereas they're like more like business minded a lot of the time mm-hmm. here, whereas LA, they're more entertainment minded. And I feel like I just don't, I am not interested in dating someone from the entertainment industry, mm-hmm. be it musician, actor, or someone who works behind the scenes. I just like don't get a good vibe from world basically Mm -hmm. and like having seen it and having you know when I was single talked to people who were in those worlds I was Mm -hmm. just like I just don't trust you guys like at all yeah there's something about it just like gross to me Mm -hmm. so here I'm like oh my god there's like I know finance guys get a lot of shit but I'm like I'd much rather date a finance guy than an actor or a musician to be honest as bad as that sounds might be a hot take (laughs) yeah I don't like have a type at all Mm -hmm. like looking at my track record it's like literally all over the board you have a personality type though like do you like more of like a strong silent type or outgoing yeah I mean it's like so I don't even know what it is I guess it's I think it's like a quiet confidence Mm -hmm. that I'm really drawn to and like a swag I guess but like that can kind of come from like so many different places yeah yeah, I think it, that makes it a little bit harder for me to choose because a lot of my friends that are like, I want a finance guy or like I want someone who like has a similar job to me or whatever. Yeah. Then it's a lot easier because it's just like, okay, let me just rule out like everything else. Everything else. Yeah. That, or go on dates with only this type of person and then, you know, like I'll find one eventually that I get along with. Yeah, yeah. Whereas for me, I'm just like, the world is my oyster and I'm living (laughs) in this city with like millions of men and whatever. I love that. It's a very New Yorker attitude in a sense because you're you're open to anything. Yeah. I respect that because I'm the opposite. I'm like, I know exactly what I want. I know exactly what I don't want. Yeah. There's still broad, like there's still room for nuance and like different characteristics Mm -hmm. to come through and like people being themselves. But like I can, I'm very specific. I feel like that comes like with... I need some more time dating. Like, I need some more time dating. I feel like for me to be like, I guess to decide what my type is. Yeah, because I know I know what I need from like a partner, Mm -hmm. I would say. Maybe not like date, like dating around is fun and stuff like that. But Mm -hmm. like if I'm going to be, you know, if and when I'm in relationships, I I know what I need Mm -hmm. from someone like support wise, like personality wise, because I know 
my shortcomings kind of. Yeah. You know, and I know where I need support yeah. in certain ways. For example, I have a lot of anxiety. So I need someone who's like really patient and can tell when I'm anxious and like will slow things down. But that yeah. means that they can't be a super anxious person and they have to be kind of like more calm and reserved. Yeah. You know what I mean? Interesting. So it's like little things like that that I need. And like they're obviously emotionally intelligent and don't get like stressed about my anxiety. They're more like every relax mm-hmm. <laughs> and they can like notice these things. Like grounded. Yes. Energy. Very grounded. Yeah. Very calm. I also thought I would I always wanted someone who was as hard of a worker as me because mm-hmm. I like someone with a job that they're really passionate about, you know, but it's not always hard work for like, for example, Joe. Mm hmm. He, baseball, super into baseball, but not a hard worker. And I always thought like, oh, I would need to have someone who's a hard worker. Mm -hmm. But I realized through that, that like, I actually like someone who's a little less, like still has a great, amazing job that they're very passionate about, but you don't, it doesn't always look like what I feel like it should look like. Yeah. And I need someone who's like a little more calm and grounded and reserved in that sense. You know what I mean? Who's not like breaking their back for work over you or yes. like over their own happiness. And not working all day, yeah. every day, like a crazy person. They're yeah, like, they I respect do that the work and then they stop doing the work. I, I respect that <laughs> until it gets to the point where like I'm paying for stuff. Yes. Then, then that's then an issue. I don't respect it anymore. <laughs> it's a delicate situation. Yeah. Okay. So you've only done one dating app. So we're not like, you're not on Hinge or anything like that. No. Okay. Why no. didn't you, you didn't like it? I've never done like Hinge or Bumble. Okay. I've been on Raya for six years. I went on one date from yeah, it. Yeah, it's not, it's not really, it's like window shopping. And I, I haven't even been on the app mm-hmm. for like a year. So I don't know. I mean, I, I have tons of friends that have like met their boyfriends on a dating app. I just feel like things kind of just like come to me when I want them to. Yeah, yeah. Like, in the past month, I've been like wanting to date again. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like I've had like more opportunity to date. Now yeah. Because like I've put the energy out there. Like I've started talking to my girlfriends and they're like, oh, this guy just moved to New York. You should go on a date with him or yeah. whatever. Or just like I was at a coffee shop the other day and I was just like to this guy. I was like, oh, you look familiar. Mm-hmm. Like I've seen you around the village before. Ended up going on a date with him. So, like, I just think it's, like, once you have that energy, mm-hmm. once you're putting out, like, I'm ready to mingle energy, yeah. I feel like it kind of just comes to you in, in New York. So, do you have a roster right now? Not too extensive of a roster, I would okay. say. Like, I have a short list right now because, honestly, like, I don't know how emotionally, like, ready I am. Because mm-hmm. even, like, I went on two dates. This is, like, post my situationship that lasted for a really long time went on two dates after that and I just like they were both great dates Mm -hmm. but I just was like I'm not gonna be able to do this yeah and I kind of just like ghosted out which Mm -hmm. is uh, I hate doing that I think it's like so whack Mm -hmm. but I just like thought to myself I was like if I was in a different headspace right now like I would be able to see if this could be a real connection yeah like I I had fun yeah but I just like at this point now I'm like, OK, I'll I'm going to try again. And so I, I like went on two other dates, which is like, again, a lot for me. <laughs> but I'm just like, OK, let's do baby steps because mm-hmm. I don't want to like build out this whole roster and like go crazy and then like end up thinking to myself, oh, my God, I'm still not over this like last person that I committed so much time to. I think that's really smart. So you're healing. Yeah. And then because I feel like also you're if you're going out and spending your time on dates with guys who could be really great, you can't you're not even in the headspace to give them. Yeah, it's so not fair. Yeah, it's so not fair. It's It's not fair for you or them. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's like when people like just break up from like a three year relationship or Mm -hmm. something and then they like go on that first date and that person is just like they have no clue. (laughs) And like the entire time they're just like dumping about their ex. (laughs) Like I don't want to be that person that person (laughs) yeah I feel you okay so usually we start the episodes with like what we're watching and stuff like that but we just kind of got right into the episode so Mm -hmm. let's have content corner Mm -hmm. what like what TikToks are you watching right now what TikTokers do you like to follow or like Netflix shows podcasts like what are you what are you consuming lately 
Okay, so I first off, my number one is Keith Lee. I love his TikToks. Okay, his food review TikToks, like literally, I cry watching them. Because is that the Vegas so, one? Yes, okay. they're just like so heartwarming, mm-hmm. and I'm obsessed with him. And then another creator that I've been following for a few months now is this woman, Justine mm-hmm. Snacks, and she makes like amazing recipes that I just love to follow yeah. and same with wishbone kitchen I love following wishbone okay kitchen. I need to follow that because I love your recipes as well yeah like you're so good at that oh thank you I mean um, it's like my my reason to be on social media yeah. at this point like I just I feel like I mean we've both been on social media for so long mm-hmm. and like at sometimes if you don't have something that's like really driving you or like a passion that you're wanting to share, it kind of can become just like so depressing. Very depressing. So. And boring. Cooking for me is that thing that's like, oh, I I love sharing my recipes. So Mm -hmm. like I'm going to do everything else and like share my lifestyle and be super open with my audience because like this one thing is going to keep bringing me back. Yeah, that's your core. Yeah. Is that whole thing. So I have been following this girl on Instagram and it's dimepeace.co. And she's like obsessed with like timepieces. And I love watches. They're my favorite kind of jewelry, like over diamonds or anything mm-hmm. like that. I just, my grandpa and I like have always shared a passion for watches since we were like, since I was little. Mm-hmm. And I love following her. She doesn't have like, it's not a huge account or anything like that, but she's always like featuring different watches. I found someone on TikTok recently who does similar content as well. Mm-hmm. Wait, I put, I wrote down a list of what I'm t- consuming right now. Wait, that's so niche. I'm obsessed. So niche. I like got really, really specific. Yeah. Let's see. Oh, there is a podcast with Dear Media as well called Relationship with Cammie Crawford. Oh my gosh. I've been meaning to listen. So good. You I should need like listen. another, I need another podcast in my yeah. subscriptions. Yes. I listen to a lot of crime. So like, I feel like I need to inlay things like, like this yeah. kind of podcast where it's like a little more. I don't know. It's like life advice. And I feel like she just has the best energy. Mm-hmm. So I love her podcast. Otherwise, I feel like I'm not really. I just like don't have many people. I follow. Wait, on it's so funny because I'm like the same. Like I pretty mm-hmm. much only listen to like Crime Junkie and yes. then like relationship podcasts. Mm-hmm. I listen to the girls bathroom. Do you know mm-hmm. them? Oh my God, they're like from the UK. It's these two girls. And they're so funny. Okay, the and like, bathroom. first off, they're, you need to look at their Instagrams too because they have the best style. Okay. But they're so cute. Like, I'm obsessed with them. Okay. So, yeah. I'm trying to put together a list of like my dream podcast guests too. Mm-hmm. Like, and I want to have all my friends on. I want to have people like, I reached out to you, obviously. Like, mm-hmm. I want to have a good mix of people and then like professionals and stuff like that. So, like, I want to talk to someone about PCOS and I want to talk to someone about finances and things like that. Mm-hmm. But I would love, to have like to go on a podcast like that where it's just like two funny people talking about yeah. things like it's just a different energy to bring mm-hmm. on I'll definitely check them out the girls bathroom yeah such a good name too yes love okay also we end the episode with and there's so much I wanted to talk to you about that I feel like we just like got super into the relationship stuff which I wanted to do because mm-hmm. I was thinking sitting here like oh shit I didn't ask you about the bachelor I didn't ask you about like so yeah, many things a lot. we could have niche we should have niche down but what is we end the episode with a note to yourself Mm -hmm. note to self so I can go first too if you don't have your note but like what is your note to self this week like what do you need to hear this week I feel like this is something that I've been like needing to hear for the past few weeks like post new year's which is that I just need to like take it day by day a little bit and have more of that energy because in past years I have felt like this amazing new energy for the new year and been mm-hmm. like super ready to tackle my goals. And this year I just didn't have that. And I feel like I was kind of just in a funk, like going into this year and mm-hmm. just had a harder time, like thinking about what I want for the future. Yeah. I've, I've been feeling like a little bit more lost, I would say. So like, I just need to take it day by day Be and present. like, be present, like look at my accomplishments and be proud of them and not like put so much pressure on myself because of the new year. Like there will be other times of reflection Mm -hmm. and that can happen anytime this year. So I just don't think like right now is the right time for me. It just didn't line up that way this year. Absolutely. I think that's a good one. I think for my note this week, 
and something I need to hear or remind myself of, I guess, is I just did the lucky girl syndrome episode last week. Mm-hmm. That was last week's episode. And I've been practicing that kind of just like expecting good things to happen to me. And I feel like with this week in New York and next week in Paris, I'm like, what two better places to practice this whole lucky girl syndrome? Mm-hmm. So when I wake up in the morning, I have a tendency to like, I deal with anxiety and depression my entire life. So like I wake up and it's my natural inclination to be like, like, I don't want to get out of bed like another day. Mm -hmm. And instead of doing that, I'm really working on waking up and being like something fucking amazing could happen today because it could happen any day. You know what I mean? So just carrying that energy through the world, walking around New York, walking around Paris next week, Mm -hmm. which this will go up when I'm in Paris um, and expecting good things to happen. I'm really practicing lucky girl syndrome. I just need to remember to like put a little pep in my step and Mm -hmm. have that energy because like it's totally possible that, you know miracles happen to people all day every day and I'm not even looking for a specific miracle I'm just like looking for like to bring in more good energy into my life Mm -hmm. so I have to actually like be in the mindset to receive it and then also put it out there as well Mm -hmm. you know what I mean yeah I definitely needed to remember that because I do think it has to do with also being present and not thinking like ruminating on the past or you know anticipating the future too much it's just Mm -hmm. more like I'm here and something amazing probably will happen today Mm -hmm. even if it's tiny (laughs) i just watched emily in paris so Mm -hmm. like i'm just feeling that amazing energy and i know (laughs) good lucky things are gonna happen there amazing well thank you so much for coming on can you tell everyone where they can find you on social media just at kit keenan on instagram and tiktok awesome well thank you for coming on i hope you had fun no (laughs) my god it was so fun Thank y'all so much for listening to today's episode. You can catch a new episode of Note to Self every Thursday. Please, please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on any of the good stuff. I always want to hear from you, so please leave a rating and review if you have a sec. Follow Note to Self on social for all the behind the scenes action and more info about the show at NTS by PS on Instagram and at Note to Self Pod on TikTok. And I'll talk to y'all next week. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.